the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallow. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. It's our special two-hour show today. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be this way going forward. So uh, you guys have requested it. Uh, we got all your emails. I might even read one a little bit later today. Uh, and that's really what we want to start focusing in on the second hour as well, is answering a lot of your questions. I don't get a chance to meet all of you and some of the wealth summits and the other types of events that we've done in the past, town halls, etc., have given me a chance to meet you, talk to you, even answer your questions. But through this process uh, of, of the reaction to COVID, remember, I want you to change the way you talk. No longer will you say, because of COVID or that pandemic, no, 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 because of the reaction to the pandemic, because of the reaction to COVID. I don't even call it a pandemic. It's such a made-up term. The reaction to COVID, that's what's really turned on. This. I'm not saying people didn't get sick. I've had friends and clients die. Of course. It's a sickness. It's an illness. It's a disease. But if you treated it with the medication that we had and other medication that has been developed since and didn't just say, just go home and let us know when you can barely breathe. Hey, just go home. Uh, and tell us when your oxygen level is at 85% and we'll put you on a ventilator and then we all cross our fingers, right? Instead of giving you the medicine to treat the symptoms like, oh, by the way, everything else you would have ever done. I've had, I've been sick. All of us have been sick. Everybody's, you're going to get it. It's called a virus, right? It's something that is very important. The reaction to COVID, your words matter. When you do that, you will help the next generation understand where we made mistakes and where we can fix things. Anyway, the reaction to COVID has shut down a lot of our live events, and that's a problem when we're trying to get out and meet you. So that's why our radio show is so important. Uh, we're just about 3,000 shows. I think this summer we'll hit 3,000. Uh, we'll have a little celebration. That'll be fun. But your emails make a difference. So tfswealth.com. So send it to Arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com stands for total financial solutions so tfswealth as in a lot of money.com i'll give it out a couple more times so grab your pen i'm also going to give the phone number where you're welcome to give us a call at 888 retire that's 888-997-3847 888-99-RETIRE all right i want to touch on a few things today uh if you listen to our show's for more than 10 minutes. You know, there's always, you know, a political spin. Sometimes you agree, sometimes you don't. It's okay. 
I want to hear from both of you because I like your opinions. Listen, unless I, I'm dead, I probably will change my mind on something. Right? And when people say, oh, but you referenced a book or you referred us to a magazine article or something. Yes, I will. Sometimes websites, I think they're informative. And unless I write it, you understand I'm not going to agree with everything all the time, 100% of the time. And I promise you this, one of my college papers, I probably disagree with something that I actually wrote 25 or 35 years ago. So keep in mind that the idea is information. We're not afraid of, of uh, spreading false information. What do you think? We're Trudeau, Canada, <laughs> or Russia, or Facebook, or Twitter, right? Some 28-year-old who can't tie his shoes, sitting in a basement somewhere, trying to make a decision on whether or not what you're saying, we're going to fact check you. We're going to fact check you. Because now they have power, right? Because they got beat up. Their arms are the size of toothpicks. So they can't even do a push-up. But darn it, they can fact check the daylights out of you. And so that's the problem, right? Is you're going to get information from us and others that believe it or not, it's up to your intellect to interpret, apply, and use whatever matters and is impactful to you. This is pretty important. Remember how I said the reaction to the pandemic? Part of it was to gen up this fear. Why don't you see these tickers anymore on, on uh, CNN or MSNBC? Right? Why don't you see it on ABC News? Uh, this many Americans are died. Tick, tick, up. Three more got COVID. Right? Remember, they phonied up the numbers. They know it. They've admitted to it. People that died with COVID, car accident, stabbing, shooting. If they tested positive, they called them a COVID death. Why? Because there was more money in it. Because nobody was coming in and getting a knee transplant anymore. Nobody was coming in for voluntary cosmetic surgery anymore. And let's be clear on something. If a hospital ICU is not consistently at 80 to 90%, then they send people home and the hospital loses money. Lots of money. Now, I'm not telling you a hospital wants to put people in an ICU, right? No, nobody wants that. That's silly. But this whole thing about, oh, the ICU is filled at 80, 85%. 90, of course it is. That's why there's 19 beds or 15 beds, not 500 beds. Right? That's why hospitals redid entire floors that were being not used. Right? They were underutilized, if, if not zero use. And they created them to have zero pressure or negative pressure rooms, actually, with ventilators. Not used. President of the United States, Donald Trump, sent the entire hospital ship up to the city of New York, not used. I have maybe three people were on the ship. Right? New York governor made a healthy, otherwise ill, but not COVID patients, right? Just elderly people. Some of them had basic whatever uh, illnesses, chronic usually, and sent them into nursing homes with... COVID positive people purposely doing things that basically it's negligent homicide. It doesn't take, it's not that difficult. It is negligent homicide. He is at least should be charged with it. An investigation subpoenas killed a lot of people, a lot of seniors, including Janice Dean's uh, in-laws, right? From Fox news. You guys have, if you watch that show or you, you heard the story. So because we've had that ticker running on the screen, oh, wait a second, Joe Biden, slowly it's not there. Slowly they don't announce it. 
slowly, right, Ventura County, every once in a while, we have 14 people in the hospital and nobody's died for two days. Ventura County, the county, 14 people in the hospital. Why would you say it? Tell me how many dog bites, how many died of drownings. They're probably the same or more. My point is, it's been manufactured to gin up this fear. All right, fine. I'll play that game. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to start demanding something very simple. I, I think I have a, a way to end the war. I know. You're like Arif, And you can cook too. Not really, but sometimes. But here's how I would end the war. Very simple. I think what you do is you have a list of Putin and his friends, and you keep the war crimes tribunal, those accused of war crimes, and you keep a ticker on the screen, and it's going to have the list of the names of the general, of the uh, congressional people or the parliament people. It's going to take uh, mayors, governors. Here are the people who we will now seek charges in the Hague for war crimes, just like we did in Germany. Except I want that ticker running on the screen. In addition to that, I want a ticker of the dollars of damages. Because what we do is we just tell Putin, very simple, he's worth, what, hundreds of billions of dollars, whatever the thief has stolen. Very simple. You just say, oh, you destroyed that city. That's $15 million of that building, $5 million of this. And you keep a ticker on the screen of the amount of dollar damages and the individuals that will be charged accordingly. And you start seizing their wealth. At le- Listen, that's not democracy. We need a trial first. I'm all right with that. Then you just lock it up. You don't have to seize it. You do the same thing they would do of a, of a Wall Street guy who, who's accused of a crime. You just lock up his money. And if it's all better, if he's innocent at the end of the story, great. Then they release the funds. So you don't have to confiscate the funds. You just lock it up. And you say, this city, City X. Here's the damage. Right now we have this many people. Americans, we're so sorry. We know we're not going to just put a dollar figure on their lives. I understand a four-year-old is different than a 40-year-old. But what we're going to do is, for the sake of argument, we're going to assess a $250,000 charge for each life that was lost. And you keep a ticker going on the screen of the war crimes. And these men and women, but mostly men, are going to see their names. They're going to realize, Their daughters, their sons, are going to see their names as war criminals. And you say, listen, however this turns out, huh, Ukraine might become part of Russia in, in 10 minutes. Tw- okay, maybe they'll be free. But you realize, just like reparations were paid by Germany in World War I and in World War II, I have clients that are still Holocaust survivors receiving money from Germany every month, every month. And you're going to have those same reparations. And by keeping that ticker in their face, you're going to start isolating Putin. You're going to start shaming him in his circles. The kids, the grandkids, the kids that go to American universities. Yes, these oligarchs, oligarch kids and their grandkids attend American universities. Some of them are so quiet right now, they're hiding because they know their dad is a war criminal. We need to publicize it. We need to put it on TV. We need to put a little ticker just like we did with the COVID fear. And I think that's a good step to isolate him and maybe get some of his friends. And you know what you do? You go down to the general level. And you talk about uh, uh, captains and lieutenant colonels and the guy who's in charge of this division and the one who's in charge of this assassination. That division. The one that's in charge of the 
uh, of the Air Force just bombed three civilian hospitals. He's up next. His name goes on the screen. American intelligence has all of this. It's a way to kind of to put in their face to use American media to publicize around the world. They will know it. Their friends will know it. They will understand their assets will now be seized. Whatever Panamanian, Bahamian uh, (laughs) bank accounts they have. It's a start, guys. My opinion, you get that screen time going. I think you got a shot. This ongoing and updated list of oligarchs, right? Some of them are starting to turn. I'm all right with see. We're not going to sell their their yacht. We're going to seize it. And if they're found guilty in the Hague, we're going to use it to pay off Ukraine and its citizens and the heirs to those that have passed. Anybody that's supplying materials to the army, so corporations. Lifetime bans. Corporations. I want the CEO of that corporation, his name on, her name on, as a war criminal. It's the only way to make a difference. And ready for this? The Federal Reserve needs to stop printing money and creating problems. We're going to get to that in a second. Because that is how they're they're driving through this change. Because this conversation, here it is, really, it's simple. The conversation of how to fix Ukraine is mixed in with inflation. Oh, well, that's the reason oil is so high. You realize that every time you turn around, there's another conversation about, oh, that's the reason. Oh, that's the reason. Remember, it was the pandemic was the reason. The pent-up demand was the reason. uh, Unemployment was the reason, all because of COVID. And before you know it, everybody was blaming whatever the the latest crisis of the day on whatever the problem... Oh, inflation? Oh, no jobs? Oh, supply chain? COVID, COVID, COVID. So now the Biden administration is going to change it with what? Oh, uh, Ukraine, Russia. So I want to touch on something. Your purchasing power in your uh, uh, Social Security and your pension and the, the million dollars that you have saved, your purchasing power, if not done properly, is going to dwindle. Yes, you will have a million dollars, but go back. I don't know where your income starts, so I'm just going to pick a number. But can you remember that, you know, one day, one day if I made $1,000 a month, man, if I made $1,000 a month, I would be rich. And you make your $1,000 a month. And you're like, oh, it's not really 1000 It's got to be 5000 Man, if I made $5,000 a month, can you imagine what life would be like? I could do this. I could do that. And that number slowly went up to 10, 12, 15. What, and, and you just never seem to actually, eh, never seem to get over that mountain. You're close. You live a great life. Buy most, if not all, the things that you need and many of the things that you want. But just, eh, what is that little bit of edge just doesn't get over? And here's the reason, because this is an important part of this. It's because the purchasing power Right? You guys know it as inflation. All you have to do is go to the grocery store. Right? If inflation was purely the only problem, you would see two things. One, you would see shelves full. And two, you would see people making big money as far as uh, wages go. But it isn't. Inflation is kind of a sideshow to the encouragement of Americans to not work. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You have people that are saying, I'm still getting government money or 
I have money saved because I never spent it. They were paying me more than I needed. And some of it is you guys as parents allowing your kids to stay at home without working and without going to school. Look, I get it. You love them. And I'm sure they're nice people. But if you're not producing and creating income or wealth, or you're not going to school, so you're creating knowledge and building your your intellect and, and a resume, then what are you doing? Right? You're becoming a, a, a lazy son of a gun. Just because I can't use worse words, one, because my mom is usually listening, and two, it's the radio. You got to get up off your fanny. And parents, you're the one. So you give them a two-month notice. That's it. Two months. Hey, two months. This is the date. Now, one of you, usually mom or dad, one of you is the softy. The other one is the hard person. That means you sit down and you say, it's good for the kid. It's good for the kid. We're going to do this right. Okay. And the other one is, yeah, but you know, remember in the fourth grade when I didn't make it to his, his football game and I hurt his feelings? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember, you know, when she had troubles? She had troubles in high school. You know, friends didn't like her and she got bullied. Yeah, bullied at, at 16 years old. Remember that? Bullied. So she needs a break. Okay. You're wrong. Right? Think back how tough you were. Well, times were different, Arif. We used outhouses. Okay, maybe you did use an outhouse. That doesn't make you tough. Well, a part of you maybe might be tougher than the rest, but you still have to get out there. And, and flounder a little bit. Listen, you say, look, if you're going to be homeless for more than a month, you're welcome to come home. you got to figure it out, though, between now and then. But right now, this is what's holding America back, believe it or not. It's a lot of our softy parents that have guilt trips. Some of you bought into the idea you could have it all. Right? Oh, you could have it all. Mom can work two jobs and climb the corporate ladder while she's getting her master's. Dad can work two jobs and climb the corporate ladder while he's trying to you know, build a side business. And oh, by the way, kids, what kids? Oh, I forgot about them. They're still in the car back in the seat. Don't, don't forget the, 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 <laughs> the car seat. So, so part of this for you is to get through that <clears throat> because I, here's my concern. The Federal Reserve is going to be making a mistake. Just like the sun will rise tomorrow, the Federal Reserve is going to make a mistake. They're going to tighten too much or too little. So think of it. Have you ever driven a boat or ice skated or been on a snowmobile where when you want to make a turn, you have to kind of turn ahead of time before you really have to turn as opposed to driving a sports car. Driving a sports car, man, you come up to that corner, you make a quick turn, boom, G-forces are on and you make that left turn now. That's not the way it is in a boat. It's not the way it is in a jet ski. When you make that turn, you have to get in, think about it ahead of time, and you're going to slowly make that turn, and then you just kind of settle in right where you, you need to go. That's what the Federal Reserve has to do. That's why they're not good at it, because it's almost difficult or impossible to really be good at it. You just can't be. You have to guess in advance so many moving parts, and you have to guess in advance whether we're going to tighten, which means we're going to pull money out of the system, or we're going to put more money into the system. It also means they have to say we're going to make what money is available more expensive, or we're going to make what more what money is available less expensive. We're going, that means raising interest rates or lowering interest rates. Right? Think of it as like a three-dimensional move. You can push and pull a lot of different directions to achieve things. 
And because there's so many moving parts and everything is delayed, you're never going to get it right. So the question is not, are you going to get it right or wrong? It's how wrong are you going to get it? Really, really wrong or wrong? And so how do you protect your income when what used to be was that $5,000 a month that came in was a lot of money? What used to be was that $10,000 a month was a dream and now it's your pension and you're thinking, gosh, between that and Social Security, why does it still seem like we're just, we're okay, we're good, but we're just, I don't know. I just thought I would be better off. Maybe I would feel better, different. So how do we make a difference with that? And a lot of good guys do. And, and, and a side note, many of you come to me and go, Eric, what do you think about Bitcoin now or crypto or what do you think about uh, gold or silver? Listen, I think you should have everything that you want to have. If you understand cryptocurrency, fantastic. Have some money there. I don't know, 5%, $500, you get to decide. Oh, but what about real estate and rental properties? Do you understand them? Did you take any courses? Did you go online to YouTube or, or, or TED Talks and figure it out? Because you can do that. Amazing books, you can do that. Books on tape when you walk the dog every morning, you can do that. I want you to, if you're going to do something like that where you're going to commit to 100000 or or 500000 whatever the number is, because that's the price of homes, then you better understand what you're doing. Right? I can give you, I'll give you five terms. If you get me uh, the definitions of those five terms without looking at a book or a computer, then I would say you're, you're on your way to considering something like rental property. I'm okay with that. Eric, if I'm going to, uh, I had somebody the other day, I'm buying and selling options. Uh, I'm doing, uh, what, do you, what did he call it? Uh, you know, it's basically stock market day trading. That's the word I was looking for. I'm day trading and, and trading options. Okay. What do you think about it? I go, well, if you're good at it, I think it's great. If you're not good at it, you're just going to lose money. Yeah, but do you think it's a good idea? I said, for who? For me or for you? Well, just, you know, for me. I, go, I don't know. I don't know you. Tell me about your, your history. Well, you know, by the time I found out, oh, what is that tattoo? Oh, well, that tattoo. Oh, see, I used to be a gambler. Aha. So he had, uh, you know, cards, gambling uh playing cards. I bring that up just because sometimes our personalities, in his case, gambling tendencies, led him down a place where maybe his judgment calls are questionable on whether or not what he's doing is for the rush or financially sound. Now, there are people that are great at a lot of those things, and I'm happy for you. And I don't care if you have 20 different rental properties, apartment buildings and commercial buildings and, and high rises. That's great. And you can't take a piece of drywall to the grocery store. Right? What do you, you need to eat dinner. So you need income, cash flow, dollars. So my point is, for the part of your money, some or all of it, that you want safe, protected from the market craziness, both in real estate and crypto and gold and silver and, and uh, stock market, on and on, if you want some or part of that safe and protected from the craziness market declines, you want a reliable, steady stream of income that can go up some years and never goes backwards. I'm talking about the income, not just the account. So if it's $1,000 a month now, maybe next year it'll be 1100 a month. Right? So you, you have that potential gain over time. Then maybe some or part of your money would be in the right place for some of the fixed or fixed indexed annuities. Not for everything, 
Not for everybody. Not all the time. But if you want income, and we'll cover this this, after the break here, if you want income that is steady, that gives you that reasonable returns, and I'll tell you what I think reasonable is after the break, because you know what's reasonable for me may not be for you. So I, I understand. Because the part of this, in my opinion, you've heard the term forever, ready? Diversify. Or as my mom used to say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Simple. When she used to go to the hen house and she would get eggs for, the, for breakfast or if they would sell them on the street, you know, at the little farmer's market as people would go by, you never carry all the eggs to the street or into the house at one time because if you trip and, fo- and fell, you would lose the entire day's breakfast. So you would never do that. You would bring them in shifts. Right? If you were selling them, you wouldn't bring them all at once because one mistake, you, you cost your whole, your whole day's wages. All right, we're going to be back in just a second. I want to cover with you what is a reasonable rate of return and what is a reasonable amount of income. I'll give you a little formula. It might help. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby. The total financial hour, triple eight ninety nine retire. Keep putting that out. I also want to give out my email address. I told you I would do that, and uh, we're going to read an email or two later on the second hour. Stay tuned with us as we are doing two hours now. They've asked us to do two hours a week, a weekend. Uh, pretty exciting. I think it's a chance for you to, to learn. We're, we've got a different format on the second uh, half an hour, so we're going to get into some questions, answers, and kind of get into some real specific, hey, uh, this is my situation. What would you recommend? So we'll do a little bit of that as well. The email address is Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif, at tfswealth.com. TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. So it's the, the initials TFS, wealth, as in a lot of money, W-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Uh, you know, people have always said, you know, a name like Arif. So my mom is from, uh, from the States, a Michigan farm girl. My dad is from Lebanon. And so my name is my grandfather's name. I've always been told and taught. It's why my boys have the, that as a middle name. Very simple is the honor and integrity yeah, the mistakes, I mean, all of that that comes from our history, the differences that my dad and others have made in the world to help others, that's, that became a real big impetus to what we do and what we are, have created as a family. And so, therefore, that name is pretty important. It doesn't just end with my grandfather or my dad. It, it, it continues. And so, so that's pretty funny. So they say, hey, Arif, you know, your cousins came from the Middle East. Some of them changed their names to more American names because they're easier to pronounce. Why didn't you change your name? And right about that time, you know, Cher was taking off and so was Madonna. And I thought, listen, they have one name. Why can't I? I mean, come on now. Arif, Cher, Madonna, Pink. You don't need to know our last names to know who we are. So that's why it's only Arif at TFSWealth.com. <laughs> I thought that would be funny. All right, here's a couple of things. When we're talking about reliable retirement income, 
and reasonable rates of return. What does that mean? I mean, a lot of it is words. I get it. And so some of it, just so you know, is regulatory stuff. We're not able to give exact numbers. That's why if you ever watch any kind of financial commercial, it sounds like a a word salad written by some uh, Columbia journalism a student trying to to make sure nobody is offended or feelings are hurt or rules are violated. And frankly, unfortunately, the symbolism over substance, uh, which is going to be a future show, we've put together quite a list of those things anyway, but the symbolism over substance, right? Instead of saying, uh, hey, listen, the guy on the radio, is, his job is to give you ideas and concepts and things maybe you never heard of and stories to get you thinking. And believe it or not, at the end, you still have to do your own research or when you come in and speak with me or whomever you choose as your financial professional, that person will give you advice or recommendations, should be anyway, based on your individual situation. And so because of that, with all of that being said, who would ever take you know relationship advice without having a conversation about your relationship with somebody on the radio or financial advice or auto mechanic repair advice. I mean, you get it? Our job is to give you the kernels so you can go out and plant the tree and grow. And so to understand that part of it, when we say reasonable rates of return, I like inflation plus 3%. That's kind of my thing. So whatever inflation is, is plus 3% on average over time. How much time? I'd say 10 years. Now, if it's an account in which you're going to be tap, uh, tapping into it sooner, let's say within five years, I like a five-year, no problem, inflation plus 2%. Yeah, but if that's not that much, it's not supposed to be that much. Look, there are financial professionals out there who are going to tell you they're going to make you rich. That's fine. We will not. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to promise it. I'm not even going to pretend to think about it. Our job is not to make you rich. It's to keep you from being broke. And those are two separate jobs, different emphasis, different responsibilities. So if my job is to keep you from being broke, you have to look at it and say, how do we make sure that we get to a place where maintaining and growing our wealth with a reasonable rate of return between, let's say, 3 and 8%, depending on inflation, what's going on, right? Some, month, some year zero. Some years as high as maybe 10 or 12 or 15. Some years, one or six or two or four. So a big part of this is you're in this for the long run. And so I don't want you to think about being in the long run as the same as when you were, quote, in the long run in your financial world. Meaning when you are working in your food, shelter, clothing, when that comes from your job, I'm all right with that being uh, your, your retirement accounts being in the market because that up and down in the market means you're buying when it's high, buying when it's low, buying, 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 right? Okay. So you're, because your steady income stream is your career or your job. So you can have the risk. You can take the chances in your retirement account because you're buying. That's the time to build wealth. That's the time to accumulate wealth. As Warren Buffett says, the number one way to become wealthy, he, he listed three, if I recall. And he said, number one, it's very simple. The spouse you choose. 
choose the proper spouse, then you got a good shot at becoming wealthy. Number two, it's the career you choose. Career. You can be really good at folding boxes at a pizza restaurant, and it's never going to pay more than what it pays. The career you choose. And number three, your money habits. The way you spend money. Now, you notice none of those were, and you should find the, the, the next greatest cryptocurrency or, or buy real estate when the market is down in, this, in these three markets. No, no, no. Because wealth is a, is a long journey. But once you are in your 50s, late 50s, 60s, 70s, once you're there, the running is over. The marathon you finished, you cross the line, it's over. Maybe you finished in first place, maybe second place or fifth place, but you finished now the job is to preserve that wealth and it's to grow it and to keep ahead of inflation and, and spending trends and, and make sure your income doesn't go backwards. Those are the kinds of things that make a difference so that we don't lose your wealth over time. So my job is to keep you from going broke. Pretty important when you think about it because the S&P 500 has lost, what, 400 points, 300 points, depending on the day and the moment. Right When you think of a year-to-date is what I'm going for. And when that has occurred, and you look at it and you're afraid like all of us are afraid of what's going to happen next with Ukraine, will the U.S. have any courage? What can we do, right? I mean, who knows what you, what, what you want to do. It's what can you do, right? It, I, I understand not wanting your money at risk. We have accounts that have bonuses, which means like a matching program where you put money in, they put money in. And they could be substantial, double-digit bonuses, meaning more than 10%. So if you put in $100,000 tomorrow, it says 110000 if the bonus is, is 10%. Shorter-term accounts, maybe 7%, maybe 5 maybe 6 maybe 9 It just depends on which account is right for you. Right, just like you can't have certain things advertised and uh, on the market, you can't. You got to have. I don't know. I don't know if it's right for you, so we can't advertise it uh, according to my lawyers and and folks without asking a whole lot of questions, even if it's right for you. So that's part of the email, right? Send us in. Come on into the office. Maybe we can help. It's worth it. All right. So here's what I'm thinking: reasonable rates of return for us, three to eight percent. All right. In addition to that is. Use the accounts. This is Arif's, uh, right? As I as I tell you, when our our pastor speaks and he's not speaking from like directly from the Bible, he'll he'll step out of the podium and he'll say, "This is uh, kind of my own opinion or my thought of the process." Okay, so here's where it is: me stepping outside of the podium, and it's this: <clears throat> I think your ability for wealth accumulation comes from a couple of things. Number one, it's the understanding of the market, whatever market you're in. And number two, believe it or not, it's statter, staggering or laddering your accounts, meaning putting some of them in a, in a place where you can access them uh, now, some in five years, and some in 10 years. And the 10 years goes, meaning unless you don't plan on being around in 10 years, you or your spouse, you're going to want to have income forever. You don't want to get to the place and go... Dang it, I was supposed to be dead by now and I'm pretty pretty darn healthy. What am I going to do? I've run out of money. I spent my last dollar. 
We don't want to do that. The goal is to have those accounts last. And here's the other part of it, staying outside of that podium, if you will, for my opinion, and it's this. I think you need to understand the use of each account. So basically what I've noticed over the last 27 years and thousands of people that have come through my office is those that use the accounts for what they were designed to be used for have success. Those that don't use the accounts proper don't have success. Great example. When people make a mistake, it's usually this. It's not making, listen, poor people make money all day long. Do the math. If you've worked 20 years of your life and you've earned 50000 a year, that's a million dollars has gone through your hands. Some of you, $10 million. So why is it you have $600 in your checking account or $40 in your, in your savings account, right? It's not because you didn't make money. The dry cleaner, his kids are going to go to amazing colleges. Thank you. Oh, yeah, the liquor store. Oh, they've got a great summer vacation planned. What about you? Oh, don't worry. Yeah, the new sports car. Yeah, the, the guy down at that, uh, at that place you go, the, the, the cut your hair. Oh, yeah, he's got a great place. In other words, you went to work and made everybody else rich. Who made you rich? Who made you wealthy? Who made you comfortable, successful? So that's this process, right? And it works like this. Why, the mistakes people make is they refinance the house to pay off credit card debt. Or they refinance the house to pay, off, to pay for their child's college. Or they use their retirement account to buy a car. Right? Retirement, believe it or not, is for retirement. And the IRS and the government creates all these rules and they say if you abide by these rules, you'll pay no penalties, no fees, and taxes just on what you take out. And because the taxes are gradual, there's a way to maintain, kind of almost manage the taxes that you pay. Uh, house mortgage, right? Refinance the house for what? Oh, you're going to add on to the pool, make the house more valuable. Or are you going to add on to the, the, the second story or remodel the kitchen, made the house more valuable? In other words, the house money is for house. College is for college. Retirement is for retirement. And specifically retirement income that steady comes in, that, that is a, because you're not going to retire for a day. You're going to retire for the rest of your life. So you need lifetime income. I mean, sometimes I have to even explain it this way and people go, wow, I really imagine that. Yeah, you do. Oh, but Eric, if I don't want an account that's 10 years, why do you plan on dying at 10 years and 10 minutes? Do you plan on taking it all out? Then what are you going to do for income? Well, just in case. Well, listen, just in case could mean a lot of things, but let's be clear on a couple of things. If you need it for certain medical emergencies, yeah, no problem. Take it out of the accounts. You can do that. But if you think an emergency is a sale at Nordstrom's or the Land Rover is on sale or, you know, you got a lease deal on the latest, greatest Tesla, okay, those are great things, but that's not for your retirement accounts. Retirement accounts are for retirement income. So by doing that and by following those rules, you give yourself a little bit of a better shot at being successful and financially secure. And for a lot of us guys, right, when you, when you told or ask that told, <laughs> when you ask that lady to marry you and you said, I will take care of you, please be with me, right? However we did it, when we did that, when we asked, implied or explicit was, and I will take care of you for the rest of your life. Implied or explicit was, I'm going to have your best interest watched out for for as long as we're together. 
And that is a very serious promise. And so having accounts, having the setup of life insurance is the way to do it. The other thing that wealthy people do is how they inherit money to their next generation. I think we need to understand this. Ready for this? Simple enough. Um, wealthy people, rich people, rich mindsetted, right? I don't mean good or bad. When I say that, you go, oh, he means good. Poor people, bad. Poor people must be bad and dirty. No, 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 no. Good people, clean. Must be rich. No, guys. That's your own mind. That's your own biases, prejudices. When I say wealthy, I mean a lot of money. Could be good. Could not be good. I, I don't know. Let me talk to you. And by the way, my job is to not judge your soul. Let's be clear on this. I'm gonna, my job is to judge your actions. And yes, people, you better be judging people. You already do. Just be honest with yourself. Hey, Susie, don't hang out with that, that family. Uh, Jimmy, that guy's not good for you. Uh, Diana, don't date that guy. Uh, uh, honey, we're not going to go out with, this, with the Joneses because, you know, I just don't like them. She's always mean or she's putting down her husband in front of us. And that's just not, that doesn't work. You're supposed to judge people's actions. Now their soul... That's up, to, that's up to God. It's a huge responsibility, not my job. So while you're judging people and who you're going to hang around with and who you're going to call friend, you better financially make sure that you're hanging around with people that are making the best decisions. You better make sure that when you have a conversation with your kids about inheriting money, you make sure you understand how to do it properly. So here's what wealthy people do. Spouses get the retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks. That means husband and wife, right? Could be husband and husband and wife and wife these days, whatever. Spouses get the, the retirement accounts. The rules are set up to allow it to pass from one to another. The IRS allows that to happen without any taxes or penalties. It's just a transfer. Yesterday was yours. Tomorrow it's mine. All right. But what about the kids, nieces, nephews, grandchildren? They are supposed to receive life insurance and real estate. Now, it could be a $20 million building in downtown whatever. It could be a single family house that, that they all grew up in. A little 1,200 square foot house that, that hasn't been in the family since the beginning of whenever. Okay, that's, that kind of stuff, that's fine. But why do they get real estate? Because it is a tax-free transfer from parent to child. Life insurance, tax-free to whomever receive it, receives it, not, not just parent to child. Now, what do they do with their retirement accounts when the last spouse passes away? Charities? Churches? Hospitals? Organizations? Boy Scouts? Right, I happen to be fond of Providence Hospital. They do amazing work with both cancer treatment. Their heart programs are incredible. They save lives. They save my parents' lives, my dad's life. So, of course, they're going to get money from me, my wife and I. Of course. Why? Hello? What do the kids receive? Well, again, back to that, right? Life insurance for your children, if that's who you want to be your beneficiaries. 
charity receives your retirement accounts. Now, Eric, but what about, what about, listen, I didn't make the rules. In this case, the IRS made these rules. The, the Congress made these rules. Presidents have signed off on these rules. You are playing the game, whether you like it or whether you don't. Whether you want to hold a little protest sign, you know, ditch school, stand on the corner and say, these rules aren't fair. You're right. They're not fair. Okay, next. Where's your latte? Right? You've heard me say the, the F word, fair, is just not acceptable. I don't... Whenever that word is used, I go, ooh, watch my wallet. Make sure my watch is still here. What rights are you trying to take away? As soon as you use that word fair, it's no different than the left using the words, um, you know, I'm offended and you're using misleading words. So you're newscast or you should be censored because you're misleading and fake. Really? Says who? Says you who's never had a job in your life. Right? You, Mr. Government Worker. Listen, we need you, Government Worker, but you don't get to make decisions on people who put their entire family's future on hold so they can build a business. You're just different people. The moment Newsom said to small businesses that we're building for their future, you're not essential and yet continue to pay government workers. The moment I knew this was a phony reaction to the pandemic. Now, I started getting an inkling when he was at the French Laundry. When he was no social distance, he was next to, uh, ready for this, the head of the California Medical Association, female doctor. She's in the same room with him. Physician, female, doctor. No mask, dressed to the nines, having dinner at whatever. Who, who paid for that dinner? Do we ever find out? I don't know. If you weren't sure, just look at the Grammys from last year and the Emmys. You had all of the pretty people, pretty people, rich people. Yeah. Oh, by the way, black and white. Right. Just just so, uh, you know, you're clear on that. Yeah. All of those people in the audience fake, you know, CZ necklaces, whatever, sitting in that room and the servants, the people checking them in, wear a mask. Uh, Here's where your seat is. Uh, I'm wearing a mask. And these people are, you know, shoulder to shoulder. I'm not saying if you're sick, stay home. You would have done that five years ago. If you had the flu or you weren't feeling well, you wouldn't go over and give grandma a kiss. You would have stayed home until you got better. Right? That's what we all did. My point is the reaction to the pandemic is when the left gobbled up power. And now is your time to take it back. Why do you think three days before the State of the Union? Because what you had was very simple. The last time the president spoke in in Congress, remember he was there and the two women behind him had masks on. You had a male white 70-year-old with two females. How could it be any any more classic with a um, woman of color and an elderly white woman both wearing a mask? Shut up, shut up, get back there, shut up, shut up. And the white man telling you what to do. That should be a picture for every leftist to say, don't let this happen to you. Was that not classic? I mean, I, I didn't live by race. I grew up in a neighborhood where everybody... 
liked everybody or we didn't because you stole the ball or you couldn't play this so we didn't vote for you to be on our team. I mean, it was just a neighborhood. I didn't realize things were like that until I went to college. Everybody becomes their race and you're like, wait, wait a second. And then you ask yourself, well, how does this affect the financial world? It's very simple. When you give money to somebody for just existing, right? You can't control things. If you are male, white, female, black, tall, short, you can't control it. What your age is, can't control it. So you shouldn't receive money for just existing for things that you can't control. Don't take something from me for something I can't control either. Don't give me something for something I can't control. Martin Luther King's niece, Dr. A.D. King's daughter, Alveda King, had her on my show a few years back. She was very clear. She said, Arif, Dr. Martin Luther King and my dad, Dr. A.D. King, would have been very clear on one thing. Character mattered then, and it still matters now. How you are treated, uh, how you are treated by others should be how you act, not something you can't control. She stopped short of saying, you know, pro-Republican, anti-Democrat or anything like that, but you could see. She told me about leading uh, President Trump to Christ and in, in the uh, praying with him in the big beast, you know, the big limousine on his way to being inaugurated. Told us stories about Dr. Uh, sorry, President Trump asking her to come to the White House in the Oval Office. Serious stuff. And a person who, who would know what Dr. King would want. Character matters. It's going to make a difference. And you get to judge it. You get to make a decision on it. So when we come back, uh, the second hour of the show, stay with me. I have a second hour every week now. That's going to be our new, our new program schedule. And so what we're going to do is read some emails kind of answer some questions and give you some real life examples when we return on the total financial hour. Stay with me for our second hour. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Eric Hallaby. Let me give you the number one more time. Triple eight 99 retire eight 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 99 retire. We'll be right back. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. This is our second hour. Pretty excited because part of this is a uh, is a new thing for us in the sense that we've done two hours before, two, three, four hours a week, depending on the show. But uh, AM870s ask us to do a second hour every Sunday, so we've decided to to, to kind of mix it up a little bit. It's going to be more your show, meaning you're going to be the contributor. You're going to give us the content, and here's how you're going to do it. You go to Arif A R I F at T F S 
wealth.com. That's how you email me directly. Arif, A-R-I-F. Rhymes with Sheriff. Arif at tfswealth.com. Great chance for you to learn. Uh, get your questions answered. Sometimes people are out there, they have specific questions. You can always give us a call as well. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Financially, a lot of you make decisions based on feelings. A lot of us do, right? There's a reason that the gum and the magazines are put right next to the cash register. There's a reason that grocery stores that used to have, when there are three of you in line, we're bringing a new checker to the front of the room. That was a failure, a failure for the grocery industry. Why? Because you didn't buy those impulsive items. You didn't stand in line long enough to think about it, to look at it, to get the feeling, to get the little... Uh, you know, coveting juices going and then say, okay, that's it. I want one of those. I'm going to buy that candy bar, that, that pack of gum or that ma- trashy magazine that I don't want anybody seeing that I'm going to buy. Right? Gossip, gossip, gossip. And so when there were, when there's two of you in line or three of you, remember they used to have that? I won't say the name of the store. We will call another checker. You don't wait in line. It was a failure for the store. That's why they stopped it. They stopped it because their revenue was shrinking because there's so much money to be made at those impulse buys because they know that you're less emotionally attached to the dollars in your wallet than you are to the immediate feeling of serotonin or whatever other chemicals might be flowing in your body when you take a look at the magazine about Princess Diana's murder. Or what is Lindsay Lohan doing this week? Or did you know this about The Bachelor? And by the way, that candy bar is calling my name. I haven't had one of those since, oh, what? Breakfast. So, you know, you're thinking about this stuff and you say, but Eric, what does that have to do with retirement? Because a lot of you will make emotional decisions about your retirement accounts instead of logical decisions, right? We follow the rule. Our, our financial professional says when the market went up, I just had this the other day. We got the, the other financial advisor on the phone because we had some questions on the account. And the, the account was up to $330,000 for this particular client. And she had lost $30,000 in, oh, I don't know, about a week. And so the, the client asked on the phone, it was a, a three-way call, the client asked, well, I, I think I want to sell that account. And the advisor, she said, no, 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 you don't want to sell that because then you would actually realize the loss. Then you're going to actually physically lose the money. So you didn't, she says to her, you don't lose it unless you sell it. And I said, okay, well, fair enough. Then did you tell her when the market, when the account was 330,000, did you tell her that's not really her money either? That, that she didn't realize the gains until she sold it. So she never really had the money if she didn't sell it back then, which means she never really lost the money if she lost it back then. I mean, do you see how illogical that argument is? Well, it's not really a loss unless you sell it. Well, then it wasn't really a gain unless you sold it. I'm all right with both ways. You just got to have it the same. Either it's a loss and it's a gain or it's never a loss and it's never a gain. So in other words, that emotional fear about getting off before the, the plane crashes on the ground, if you could jump out, even if it's you know 500 feet above the ground with your parachute, even if you can save yourself a little bit, does it make sense? I don't know. You tell me what the job of the money is. What's the purpose of the money? When are we expecting to use the money, right? All of those things make a difference. And so what that say, what that says through this process is for you to realize there are things you can do logically with your retirement accounts. 
here are some answers or, or here are some um, results to some of the basic questions. Then I'm going to actually read an email. I won't tell you their name, of course, but I'll actually read an email. Here's what's important. If you retire prior to the age of 59 and a half or stop working or want to access your retirement account, you can do that without the 10% IRS penalty. That means you can actually start taking money out of your retirement account if you want at age 50, 45, 52, 39. You could take it out at any time prior to the age of 59 and a half. You just have to take what's called substantially equal payments for at least five years up until age 59 and a half. So in other words, you can have, there's, there's a formula. And so that we're clear on this, the IRS just raised the formula. So the income that you can take out of the account, what's called substantially equal payments. Now, now not equal, but close, right? Because there's rules and there's the balance can change depending on where you have your account. So the IRS has kind of guidelines And as long as you do that, it's still income taxable. There's no change there. And you do it for at least five years. So let's say you start this at 52 years old. You say, I have $2 million in my retirement account. Fine, 52 until 59. You have to do it at least until 59 and a half. So that's seven and a half years. After that, you can take out more, take out less, don't take out anything, whatever you want to do. But once you start it, you have to continue it. If you cancel it at any time, your CPA will have a conversation with you about paying a 10% penalty. So these are important things you need to know, but just know that it's possible. And remember our mantra, this is never going to change. Whether we do one hour, two hours, or daily shows, it's this. Rich people make the rules. You understand that? And rich people have always made the rules. Do you understand that? So whether you are Cleopatra on the Nile River, or you're Napoleon, or, or your Genghis Khan, or Fidel Castro, or the United States of America. Rich people have made the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their families. Whether you're Putin, right? They make the rules to benefit yourself, your friends, and your family. They have always done that. The difference and why people flock to this country, and not the Philippines, and not Brazil, great, company, uh, great, great countries, But the reason people flock to this country, the United States, is because of this one little line. And it says this. The rules apply to everybody. Now, figure it out, you win. Don't figure it out, you don't win. That's why so many people couldn't read. Because that's how you learned the rules back then. Well, then all of a sudden, education started coming to the fields and the factories. And you had to go to the third grade and then the eighth grade. And then now graduate 12th grade. All this is government you know, set up. There's no, there's nothing that says, oh, 12th grade is better than 11th grade, or or we're going to educate you to 17 or 18 or 19. There's just no rules. They just made it up. Right. Some, some uh, countries have three-year universities instead of four. So, so there's differences, but in the United States, the rules apply to everybody. How they kept you from learning the rules is first keeping you to learn to not read. Well, then there's the schoolhouses and then people started reading. Okay, now the rules are going to be taught. Well, over there. Where? Uh, Those universities, those colleges, far away. Okay, now that's interesting. Now that university or those colleges or that far away place, they cost money. So what you would do is save, save, save. And sometimes you would send maybe only one of your kids to school. Now, who would that be? The oldest boy or the oldest girl? Yeah, I'll let you think about that. 
Now, when you send your oldest boy to college and everybody else stays behind, you're doing so with the hope that he will return with knowledge. You know, implied in that is, is how that child will become smart enough to become wealthy, to teach you, to become wealthy, to teach you, to manage your money, to lift the family out of poverty and go to the next level. So the next generation can have it just a bit easier. And then a lot of people started going to school. So guess what they did to the price of school? They raised it and they were good for a long time. And then all of a sudden the government comes in and says, listen, uh, those prices of schools are just too expensive for poor people. So we're going to create this thing called a FAFSA federal free application for student assistance, whatever it's called. Basically, you got to fill out this form. We're going to see how much money you make, where your assets are. So what did they not include on that form? The rich people that made the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family. What did they not include in that form as far as uh, penalizing you or requiring you to pay more money? Uh, Yeah, ready for this? Your retirement accounts. You could have $10 million in a retirement account and 45 bucks in your savings and your kid gets a free ride to Harvard. Yeah. So they made the rules that retirement accounts are designed for, imagine that, retirement. And some of us, some of you still make dumb decisions on this. So we got to keep you in line to know you are playing the game. So let's play the game and learn all the rules So we have a shot at winning because even if you play any game on any field or court, you're always going to have one person win or one team lose. One team win, one team lose, always. So let me read an email for you. Dear Arif, our son is very smart and earns good grades in school. We are both in our late 50s and he's in the 11th grade. In fact, he's on the honor roll and takes AP courses. I want to be able to provide for uh, money for him to attend any university he wants and that he gets into and is accepted. I've saved about $50,000 for his college, but I'm considering taking money out of my retirement account to pay for the rest of his school. Our retirement accounts are nearly $700,000 combined. They're both in IRAs and 401ks at my husband's work. Should we take money from that IRA to pay for his school? Are there any other options you can think of for his education? We've listened to you for years and we do and we do not want him to get student loans. Yeah, because if you uh, so that's the end of the email. So if you guys have listened to my shows, I'm not a fan of student loans. I think it's prison with an ankle bracelet called your social security number where the IRS tracks you down. It is. Some people got suckered into them. Some felt like they had no other choice. Some emotionally, you know, back into that decision and say, see, you know what? I had no other choice. I'm a martyr. I'm smart. Look at me. I get it. So how do we answer this question? They're in their late 50s. They have $700,000. This is what we do. I'm just going to use their first name, Sue and Charles from Los Angeles. Okay. Here's how we answer it. Number one, I want your son to take community college courses because his AP courses, just so you know, also count for college. In other words, for some of this, uh, the universities allow those classes to be credited for some of the general ed so he doesn't have to pay for the classes at a college level he gets to count this school uh, uh, this this class if you will counts as one of the courses he's required to take so that's great news that saves money but why do i say community college well number one you can actually opt out in the 12th grade and take many of the courses that you have to take 
English health, Spanish, uh, you know, whatever foreign language, certain science courses, you can take those at your local community college. So most of his 12th grade year could be dual enrolled. It's called dual enrollment. And he can get nearly another year of general ed out of the way for free, for free. Uh, You have to buy books, I think. But now he gets to take classes at the local community college. It counts as an honors uh, grade for his GPA back in high school, meaning if he gets a, a B at the community college in, let's say, Spanish, it counts as an A in high school because you get that extra AP course credit. If he earns an A, it counts as a 5.0, so it counts and can boost up his GPA. And then he now enters the four-year university as a sophomore or pretty darn close, maybe even with some of those AP courses, maybe a, you know, more than a sophomore or a junior, right? Freshman, who knows? What's the concept I'm getting at? No matter what, in my opinion, he needs to go the first two years to community college so that he gets to select where he goes. Because here's the trick, guys, in school, in colleges and universities. Here's what they do. Everybody gives everybody these silly scholarships. Oh, uh, we're, uh, you know, we're Pepperdine, Stanford, uh, whatever, UCLA. We're going to give you the President's Award, the Chairman Award. We're going to give you the Chancellor's uh, Blue Bonnet Award. And they pay for some of your... Where? What do they pay for? The first two years. Because their competition is community colleges. So the community college, that competition for those first two years, they know they have to give you free stuff. Then once they hook you, they say, oops, sorry, there's no more money left for the, for the uh, junior year. Because now you have to take courses there. There is no other competition. If you want that school on your diploma, you're going to be required to take the upper division courses at that college. And they charge you full rate. Well, at least he saved two years. Yeah, you know what? You could have saved a heck of a lot more had you gone to a community college. And that $50,000 at ma'am, Sue, that you actually have for his school, that can go a long way. It gives you two more years to add to it. And it can go a long way for almost, not quite, but almost any other four-year university. Right? Two years divided by 50. Let's say you can get that account up to 60000 Now you guys have $30,000 per, per year. That's pretty good. That'll get you into almost, I don't know what number. Maybe It's got to be at least 70% of the colleges across the country. In other words, how do we take what you have and get the most out of it? So that's how I would do it. He attends a community college. Now, obviously this is an email, so I can't, we're not going back and forth, but sometimes the response is, well, Eric, if I want him to have the college experience, I go, okay, why don't you tell me about your last serious boyfriend or girlfriend? Well, Eric, that was so long ago. Got it. Okay. The, the last job that you had. And immediately you're going to start romanticizing it, right? The further you get away from your ex-girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, job, whatever it was, you start romanticizing it. Oh, well, it was... Oh, so you forget about the bad things or why you left or why there was a problem. That is the same with your uh, college experience. Because let me tell you, as a Los Angeles policeman in 1991, I was around the, in 91, 92, 93 area in UCLA and three, four, five uh, later parts of, the, of 93, I was in Cal State Northridge. In other words, I patrolled those two areas. 
great schools, both of them actually, except, quote, what you call the college experience was me uh, finding girls on the side of the road, throwing up in bushes, uh, people getting drunk, stupid, acting, jump, you know, jumping off of roofs of buildings onto, in swimming pools. That's great. How many of those girls do you think, how many of those ladies, young ladies, quote, have the college experience of regret? Some they're going to remember. Some, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, they're not. Or those men, some of them good kids, good young men, falsely accused because the girl wants to save her reputation, what you call the college experience. Meaning when you take 18 and 19-year-olds and you mix them in a, in a salad and you, you sprinkle it with alcohol and maybe drugs, especially now marijuana is everywhere, do you get rational behavior? Oh, Eric, not my son, not my daughter. I know, I've had to take some of them home. I've had to take some of them to the police station and wait for you at two in the morning to come pick them up. Uh, and you would say, not my daughter, not my son. And I want you to know, we're still looking for that guy who is the bad influence. Because all of you say your kid is a good kid, except for that one that gives bad influence, right? Everybody's trying to find the bad influence kid. Oh, he, he's just a bad, you know, he has bad friends or bad influence. Well, some of those parents think it's your, your kid is the bad influence. Meaning, why even have this conversation? Why not have a little bit more oh, guardrails? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm just telling you, we had three kids. They all went to community college. Uh, they were all homeschooled. They were in community college at a young age. They went to two or three years of university. Uh, they had a much better experience. Lived at the dorms, so they were able to have that dorm experience and that, that roommate experience. All three of them did. But not for four or five years. Right? Our goal wasn't to bankrupt. How many of you said, uh, oh, the last job interview, they asked me what I received on my 11th grade history test. Nobody cares about that. Oh, you remember your, your junior year of college? Yeah, when you took English uh, 205? Yeah. Uh, what, what was that? What was the grade on that paper again? Nobody asks you that. Nobody cares. What do they care about? Hey, you going to show up on time? Yeah, did you, did you start something and finish it called your college? Yeah, oh, you did? Oh, good. Okay, good. You, you started something and you finished it. Got it. Are you going to steal from us? Do you, do you get along with others? Because you got somebody across the desk from you. Are you a jerk to be around or are you good to be around? That's what people care about. That's what employers care about. Can you do the work? Do you have a good personality? Believe it or not, it's much more important than what you got on your 11th grade history test. Now, I don't want to downplay college or university except for anything other than it's going to say at the end on a piece of paper. Why don't you ask most college graduates to write you a piece or write you an essay or take a look at one of their emails. Punctuation is incorrect. Right? Uh, sentences are run on. Not everybody, not all the time. My point is, it used to be different. So when you're thinking back to your romanticized college experience in the 60s or 70s or 70s or 80s or whatever time frame it was, it's not the same now. Not even close. Colleges are about country clubs. There's always construction going on at UCLA. I remember as a kid going down to, to Westwood at 16 years old when I was a policeman there at, at 22 years old, 23 uh, today. I mean, there's always construction. Where are, they, where are they getting this money from? You're a public university. Why don't you just reduce the cost? Or you're building a more, more classrooms? Wonderful. So you got more students. You could, good. Parking? Great. But they tear down buildings so they can rebuild them, and then they tear down the other one they built 20 years ago so they can rebuild that one. I'm not picking on UCLA. I love them. I like them. I went there. They're good school. I get it. 
My point is, don't think college is something that it isn't. That romanticized event. If you can do a community college, Sue, even do some under this, you know, under under 12th grade. All right, I hope that helps. Should you take money out of your IRA or 401k? Man, I just wouldn't do it. You guys are in your 50s. Anything that you have now, double it and that's the cost. So in other words, if you think you're going to pull out 100000 to pay for his four-year university in addition to the 50, because you've got to pay for room and board and education and travel and all of that, that 100000 is probably going to be worth between 200 and 250 by the time you're ready to retire. So are you willing to, to make a quarter less, 20, 25% less in your retirement income? So your son can get a, a college degree in, a, in, statistically speaking, a career field in which he's not going to work because 70% plus of those that earn a college degree don't even work in the field in which they've earned their degree. So maybe, I just don't want you to place an emphasis on school when today, remember, rich people make the rules. Why, are there, why is there a big struggle? Information comes to you for free. For free. Here, grab your little phone. How do you build a nuclear reactor? You can do it. Let's go. Let's find it. Let's let's look at it together. I mean, we're not going to do it tomorrow, but but you can learn. Uh, how do you uh, uh, say this in French? French, right? Hold on. I'm in the middle of Paris. Let me say it into my my Google Translate, and out it comes the other side. I didn't have to take four years of French. Meaning, there's a purpose for the education, but I don't want you to think that it's about gathering knowledge anymore. Knowledge is free. When Google announced maybe a decade plus ago that they were going to take every piece of written material that has ever been created and put it on Google, many people applauded. They thought that's a great idea. The moment Google now censors that same material, now you have to ask yourself, was that a good idea? Google's announcement that everything written in mankind's history is going to be saved, except now they're the gatekeepers of what they call. Ready for the F word? Fair. So be careful about that. All right, when we come back after the break, uh, a retirement question on Social Security and income. Now, a lot of you, this is important because we need to understand what happens with Social Security. Uh, Listen, I'm not a Social Security expert. In fact, I don't know if there is one because when you call Social Security, I had a client in the other day. She said, Eric, if I called twice, I got two different answers. What's the right answer? I'm like, I'm not really sure. Let's see what we can find. So sometimes you're not going to get the right answer. Sometimes you have to walk into Social Security and you're going to have to speak with the person and then maybe come back into a different office. I don't know the answer, except keep looking. And we're going to be one of those places that can be a resource for you in just a minute. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. Second hour of our show, we're talking about emails. Next one is a retirement email. We'll be right back. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategies. 
learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby. Total Financial Hour, our second hour of the show. We're talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, answering your emails on this hour of the show. Let me give you the email address, Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif, at tfswealth.com. TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. Wealth, lots of money, W-E-A-L-T-H, so tfswealth.com. So Arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com. All right, here's important. Um, This is from Jim. Jim is in Long Beach. Uh, Dear Arif, I'm 67 years old. I'm very active. I have an old retirement account from my job. At one point, it was up to nearly $500,000. Today, it's around $450,000. I'm concerned it may go down even further when I need it. It may not be there. I currently have Social Security of $3,000 a month and a pension of $1,500 a month. If I do not need this money for at least 10 years, is there a place I can put it and never lose? Is there a chance that that, uh, pension income and Social Security income will not keep up with inflation? What do you recommend? Okay, so there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, it sounds like Jim's by himself, so he's a single person. I'm going to address that, but I'm also going to address being married with Social Security as well. As a single person, biggest thing, listen, when we retire is purpose. You've heard me mention this before. He's already retired. He's got $3,000 a month from a pension, $1,500, sorry, uh, $3,000 from Social Security and $1,500 from a a pension. So that's $4,500 a month. Most people use those numbers as net, meaning after taxes. So I'm assuming those are after tax dollars. $4,500 a month, generally speaking, no house payment is usually the, the, the question at that age. I'm assuming a few things just so I can answer because it's not a complete, you know, I'd, I'd have to go through maybe 15 minutes of questions to get. Do you have any uh, other debt? Da, 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 right? We'd go down that, that scenario. So taking this on face value and what it's worth, here's where I would go with this. First of all, your $500,000 account that's now about four fifty, dollars uh, I would be concerned about it. Because we just don't know what's going to happen. What if you need it for long-term care, uh, medical issues? You need to bring somebody into the home to care for you two or three or four years from now. So, yes, we do have accounts as long as you have other monies for emergency. So I would ask him, hey, Jim, do you have money set aside in your savings or checking in case you need new tires on the car or a new roof on the house? So let's go under the assumption that he's comfortable there. He's good there. I don't have to worry about that. What would we do with 450000 well, we have a pretty good account. Some, again, that I mentioned that can give you 7% bonus all the way up to 35% bonus. There's different accounts that can give you matching, provided that you use the account for the way in which it was designed. Meaning, if you're going to take a monthly income, then some of the accounts we work with can give you great income. Here's about what we would do. If I said, Jim, you're 67 years old, by the time you're 77 years old, we could probably have somewhere between three and 4000 maybe $5,000 a month from this account, and that would come to you every single month, and that would supplement in case there's uh, inflation runs rampant, and we expect it to do that. Will his Social Security check go up? Very little. Just There's just no money, so it can't go up very much. Certainly not enough to keep up with inflation. And his pension is probably 1500 a month. It's probably going to always be 1500 a month. Most pensions that are that are newer, meaning in the last 20, 25 years, don't expect them to have a cost of living increase. Some of the old ones, certainly some of the public service, police, fire, city, county, 
government worker type pensions, state of California worker pensions, those guys, they have this built-in cost of living thing of 3%. So they're going to always get 3%. And it just never goes backwards. It's like this train that just never stops. So they can, I don't know, keep up with inflation, but they can at least not fall as far behind. So what I would do, Jim, is I would take that 450, I would divide it into two places. One that would give you income starting in a month or two or three, whenever you wanted. We don't have to, but you could. Maybe I would do 200,000 in one place and 250 in another. So in case inflation runs crazy or there's a need medically or something, we have money that's available right away. The second laddering or the second phase of those funds, maybe 200 or the other 250, something like that, I would move that into a longer term account. Again, still accessible earlier if you need it for emergencies, but but really the gold and when it's designed to be used is 10 years and 10 minutes from now. So that would give you some money later. It would give you some money now. It would give you some growth. And we would certainly keep up with inflation when it comes to the income that you would receive. So sometimes splitting up an account or laddering an account works. Now, sometimes it's not right because sometimes people don't need that. They have other sources of income. But because Jim is active and and 67 years old, Jim, I'm going to tell you this. I want you to make sure you have a purpose. I'm assuming you do because you said the word active. So that means you have people that count on you to come to to tennis or to pickleball or to golf, people that are waiting for you. I'm, I'm hopeful you have some sort of spiritual life where you can find out there's more to life, of course, than just us. Because people that work and save their entire life, often we get very tunnel visioned, right? We forget that there's more to life than just the stuff we can accumulate. So keeping an eye on inflation, making sure you live a comfortable life, but having a plan B in case medically later, we need an extra source of income to bring in a caregiver into the house. You can set aside some of these funds to be dual purposed, some for later, some for now. That's how I would break it down. Now, speaking to those, uh, to you guys out there, Jim did mention social security. I want to bring this up. If we have a husband and wife or, again, spouses that are receiving Social Security, here's generally how it's going to work for you. You're going to have one spouse receive, let's go back to this, Jim is uh, $3,000, let's say his wife receives $1,700 a month. It doesn't say he's married, I'm just making that part up. But if you have two people receiving Social Security check, $3,000 and $1,700, maybe there's savings or rental property or other sources of income. But when one of you passes away, either one, you lose the lower of the two social security checks. That means the lower social security check in this example is 1700 is gone. That's a lot of money to lose in one fell swoop. And are you ready for this? Next year, your taxes? Yeah, you're filed as single. So not only do your income taxes double, but your income is also cut. So important you realize this because in some of the pensions, they might have adjustments, right? You're receiving, your, your husband receives uh, 3,000, what was the answer? Or 1,500 a month in a pension and maybe you're going to receive 1,200 a month in a pension, right? Or, or 1,000. Often the pension plan, there's a reduction so that the spouse can continue to receive it. And they lost half of the Social Security or more. And income tax rates have doubled. So when widows, often it's ladies, they come into my office, they say, Arif, I'm not sure what happened, but 
you know, a year and a half ago, my, my husband passed away and it just seems like I'm struggling now. And I thought we weren't supposed to struggle. I thought we had it, you know, kind of laid out properly. Nope. Important. You understand this. You have to look and see what happens to the entire picture. And the entire picture is not just income, but it's taxes and it's expenses. And I'm not a CPA. I always want to encourage you to talk to your tax advisor, your tax professional. Uh, if you're in a situation where you need a, an actual CPA, well, we were going to do that too. And guys, sometimes with our, our clients, if it's serious enough or confusing enough or they need me there and, or we're trying to communicate to the CPA what we're doing, I don't mind being on the phone or the Zoom call or being in person if we can do that. That's part of what we do. There's no cost or anything. Look, let me back up. A lot of you say, well, Arif, how do you get paid? Every product in the world, whether it's a computer or a bottle of water or a financial product or insurance or investments or mutual funds or stock, every product in the world has a profit built into it. I have chosen that whatever they pay me as that profit is how we're going to be paid. Meaning we're not going to take from your money. Some financial professionals are paid behind the scenes and they take from your principal or you write them a, whatever, a consultation check or something. We do not do that. If we can help you, we're paid. If not, that's okay too. Okay, so I'm not saying you shouldn't work with somebody in which you pay for their time or not pay for their time. That's up to you. Most tax professionals, you have to pay for their time. That's what they do. And so in this process, you're going to always be you know, looking for the best situation, the best professionals for you. I don't want you just to, oh, well, this one is free and this one isn't. No, no, no. What is the best fit for you? And the way we operate is very simple. It's always about one thing. What is the purpose of the money? You tell me the purpose of the money, I'll tell you the place of the money. If the purpose of the money is to give you a reasonable, reliable retirement income, a steady stream, then great. We can put some or all of your money in a safe place that's designed for retirement and it's to go there. Okay, here's another example. I'll, I'll do uh, one more email. I'm going to s- summarize it for you. It's a husband and wife. They both live in the San Fernando Valley and their concern is simple. What happens to the house when it comes to retirement when the husband stops working? And he's 72, he's still working and their goal is simple. Most of their wealth is in their home. It's worth about a million dollars. He has a couple, maybe 200,000, looks like 200, 250,000 in a retirement account. So there's some money there for him to be able to live on, pull out a little bit each month. But again, their wealth, they were told, like a lot of people, when you retire, you want to pay off your house. Certainly that makes a big difference. Especially when we were at eight or 9% interest rates. Especially when the only source of revenue for you when it came to retirement was a CD at a bank that was paying 5% interest and a reduction of your expenses, which was paying off your house, right? Because social security was really the only place that people had any consistent source of income. And so before the advent of IRAs or 401ks, those kinds of retirement accounts, most people only just saved in a CD at a bank. They used that money, they made a little bit, of interest. They lived on the interest, maybe a little bit of the principal. And because property taxes never really went up, they were good. Does any of that sound familiar now? No. 
Inflation is eating up that. Property taxes are going to have to go up. Even if you think you have Prop 13, it is the only way the state of California is going to get out of this mess and the county and the city. They're going to have to assess some sort of fee. They'll call it something, you know, save the children, clean water, take care of old people fee. It'll be something like that. So that if you oppose it, boy, you're a son of a gun. And the fee is, uh, you know, make America uh, Healthy Water Act. Oh, Healthy Water Act. Oh, I want healthy water. Clean water. Yeah, yeah. Can we take care of old people and small children and orphans? Oh, yeah, we can. Great. I'll sign up for that one. And just knows, just know by the end of the day, what are you looking at? Well, they're going to attack, uh, attach rather a fee towards your your uh, home. It's the only way they can do it. Property taxes have to be raised. My point is, if you don't have a source of income that rises with the cost of inflation, you don't have a source of income that rises with the cost of expenses like utilities. And in this particular couple's case, they're in the Department of Water and Power, the LADWP. Unbelievable. I don't want to say crooked because I like some of the people there, their friends, their clients. It's just the administration, their formula, man, the way that they they charge money. They, they conned a lot of people into getting solar so that you guys are now their power plant. And then they don't give you the money back anymore. Oh, well, now we've changed the way that we've calculated. Yeah, but I'm still making payments on my... Uh, on my, um, you know, retirement, uh, I'm still making payments on my solar energy on the roof. Well, tough luck. You were getting this rate. Now we're lowering it. My parents now actually have to pay even though they have full solar on their home. Well, air, if that's because of what you, you think they run their air conditioner every day. Are you crazy? So my point is you can't trust the utilities. Their job is to always take care of themselves especially when they're shutting down the power plants, the gas generators, these insta-start plants, right? I think there were three of them in DWP and they're dismantling them so that nobody can come along and make them put them back in. It will be just too expensive to put them back in. These insta-generators that the Department of Water and Power does because the grid is an is a interconnected Southern California Edison and all the other organizations, they actually are going to raise the cost of energy for everybody in California, by dismantling these natural gas, which is the cleanest burning fuel, period, these natural gas generators that can immediately start and provide uh, so that we don't have brownouts and blackouts. But I digress. The stuff you paid for as a ratepayer, they're now taking it apart and charging you for building it and charging you for taking it away. Do you think a couple in the San Fernando Valley is not going to end up getting hosed on energy. Yes, they are. Because at the end, they're going to say, oh, well, we're going to tax the businesses. Well, okay, who do you think's leaving <laughs> the businesses? Old people can't afford to leave. Retirees are like, man, this is it. This is my home. So one of the questions in her email is about uh, reverse mortgage. Arif, do I use a reverse mortgage? Uh, and when do you know it's the right thing to do as far as you know the, the reverse mortgage? Look, a reverse mortgage is not an inexpensive way to solve a problem. It's actually... <clears throat> quite expensive, just so you know, all right? But if the choice is back to, you know, homeless or eating cat food or using a reverse mortgage, of course you're going to use a reverse mortgage. I'm not saying never. It's a tool, right? Just like a hammer. When do you use a hammer? Well, when it's appropriate to use a hammer, right? I mean, you don't use a hammer like a screwdriver or a screwdriver like a hammer. It's a different tool. 
So a reverse mortgage is kind of a specialty tool. When you need it, you really need it. But otherwise, it's not appropriate because there are other sources of revenue. Now, if you tell me, and I I don't know that in this email, so I don't know the answer, but if you don't have any children, in other words, leaving the house to some to an heir is not an important part of the, the program. Or you're like a, a client of ours, right? A son and a daughter. One's an attorney, one's a physician. They both married very successful professionals also. So they're well into the six figures of income each. They don't need any inheritance from their parents. They both are good kids and they made it very clear. Mom and dad, you help pay for our education to get us here. The goal for you is to spend your very last time on your very last day. Do not worry about us. Our goal is is nothing uh, regarding your income. Okay, that's that's important. You don't. I don't want you to think about this as a. What do I do with this uh, with these extra dollars? Okay. So what does it mean if they have no children or they're not planning on leaving the house to to others? The longer you wait for a reverse mortgage, the more money they will give you because it's based on the younger age of the two. Now, what we have seen in the past where I see these things go wrong, and I mean really wrong, is when the husband is 67 and the wife is 59, for example. And the wife is not old enough to be on the reverse mortgage, so here's what the husband does. And here's what the reverse mortgage financial representative does. Wife, sign off and uh, do a quit claim deed on the house. So your name is nowhere to be found on the house. It's just the husband. We can give him the reverse mortgage under his name. He's past the minimum age. And you're quit claim off the house. I've seen this happen countless times. So what happens? They go, she goes, okay, great. This, is mean, this means we're going to no longer have a house payment and we're going to make $1,000 a month. I love it. Great idea. Thank you. And then what happens is invariably he passes away. Who owns the house? Well, she has a choice. Refinance the house. She can't afford the monthly payment. Where's she going to get the money from? She doesn't have it. I mean, that's why they did a reverse mortgage. Or she loses the home. Sell it, pay off the reverse mortgage, and she gets to keep the difference. Maybe there's very little difference depending on where the house mortgage is, uh, you know, the housing market at the time when he passes. And now he is, she is stuck where she has to be out of the house within a year's time. The only home that she's known, the home that at one time was paid off, and yet now has a reverse mortgage on it. Now, if they did the reverse mortgage under both names, then they only have to vacate the home. In other words, it has to be sold after they pass. Okay, fine. Remember, they didn't care who got the house because the kids were wealthy or they didn't exist, no children. So then the job of that house, remember, it's a specialized tool. Consider using it just for that specialization. Now, Arif, what about this situation and that situation? Everybody's a little different. That's why I encourage you to meet with the financial professional and ask them, hey, here's the, you know, here's the rule. Here's the general guidelines. Okay, now where do you fit into that, those guidelines? Does it give you a chance uh, as a citizen, as a consumer, if you will, to have your dreams met? So I'm not a, an, a, an enemy of reverse mortgages. I'm an enemy of any financial product that isn't used for the way it's supposed to be used. Whether it's a variable annuity, whether it's a, a fixed annuity, whether it's a mutual fund or a stock or reverse mortgage or gold, or I don't, it doesn't matter, Bitcoin, it doesn't matter to me. 
you find the expert in that field. So don't come to me and ask me about cryptocurrency or flipping rental properties in Florida or something. That's not my expertise. Okay, I want my job is reliable retirement income. My goal is to make sure that you have consistent income without ever losing your principal. When the market goes down, we don't want to lose it, period. We just you might get a zero. Right? A year from now you said, Hey Eric, I gave you two hundred thousand. What is it today? I go up oh, two hundred thousand. You're like, yeah, but the stock market is down 15%. I didn't lose anything. Nope. You didn't gain anything. You're still at zero, zero, zero. And now, a year later, we get to earn interest from where the market starts. So if a year from now, we start off lower, but we make a little bit of interest, that's always new money. Our accounts always have new money. Here's, I know it sounds sometimes a little esoteric, but think about this for a second. In the financial world, the more confused people can make you, financial professionals can make you. My experience has been this. They will use words like, we are diversifying the allocation with the proper uh, beta and delta when we're you and, you, and you just look at them, whether you sit in their office or whether you today do it on Zoom or whatever, and you'll look at them and you'll nod and you'll go, okay, what? All right, huh? Okay, yeah. And you smile and you walk away and you say to yourself, I have no idea what that person said, but I don't listen. I, I'm a master's degree or a PhD or I'm an economist. Oh, yeah. Somebody was a math professor at a university said, I had no idea what that guy was saying. I just nodded when I left. I called you. I said, well, why did you think of me? Because you just make things sound so simple on the radio. You're pretty clear when you explain things. It's like, thank you. Is that does that mean I'm pretty elementary? She said, no, no, no. It just means that you're kind of, I thought, gee whiz, thanks. I can be smart too. I can use big words. Mama told me. Let me go, let me go research some of those big words and I'll get right back to you. I always thought, look, if, if, if I'm the expert in anything, transmission rebuilding, and I'm trying to convince you to change your transmission because it's, it's messed up, I need to use words that you would understand, not words that another transmission expert would understand. Because I'm not trying to convince them that their transmission is messed up. I'm trying to convince you. So there's eventually a bridge that has to be built. And the bridge is either very short or very long. And it will depend on two things. The bridge that is built, like our emails today, they're built on a couple of things. There's a level of trust. And that trust bridge, if your mom and dad that you trust you love them, you think they're amazing, they have credibility, and they refer you to me or to a restaurant or to a dentist, and you trust that person, then that trust is transferred over to that new entity. And that trust bridge is pretty long because your personal experience is limited, but your relationship with the person who recommended it is pretty solid. But now let's say you've come into my office, you've listened to our shows, you've checked us out, you said, hey, you know what, this guy kind of makes sense, you've heard me speak. So your personal experience is there, and at the same time, you're saying, I just don't completely understand this stuff because it's retirement, I just, you know, there's a part that I get. There's eventually a place where you're going to have to leap over that bridge, and you're going to have to trust. The bridge is shorter, but it still exists. And that bridge of trust, I cherish that. It's an honor to represent you. It's an honor to protect your retirement accounts. I can't tell you any, any more deeper than that. 
because it's a responsibility. I didn't earn this money. You did. We're not entitled to it. You are. My job is just to care for it. It's to make sure it does what it's supposed to do. 888 retire Give you my email address one more time, Arif at TFSWealth.com. Send me an email. Maybe next week you'll be on the show. I'm Arif Halby at the Total Financial Hour. 888 retire Thanks for being a part of the show. Have a good day. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.